I mean, some would some would say oh, yeah. you had to be there, to, yeah. and, and others would yeah. say, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah, probably, probably, probably. That might have landed better. Uh, uh, was that a Rod Hall joke? Because that's, I mean, that's that's too soon. Mm. Thirty odd years too soon. <laughs> Do you know how Rod Hall died? He was doing his aerial. He was fixing his TV aerial, yeah. and he slipped off the roof. That's it's. It's like. It's tra- It's a tragedy. It's tragic. But it's also comic. Yeah. It's... It's tragicomic. It's sort of perfect for an eccentric, weird entertainer. It's dramedy. I wonder how we'll die. <laughs> I've seen the designs. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Big Damn Cast, episode 632. Uh, my name is Christopher. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Johnson. And my name is... Oh my God, why don't I have a 40 quid so I can buy that season 12 Blu-ray set right now? Watson. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Watson. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I also don't have that. And it, and it is the reverse of reluctant yeah. this week because yeah. like I would like I want it so much. Set. Well, the reason the reason I'm, I'm able, the reason I'm able to mentally get over the fact that I have it is just the fact that I've got those stories. So ninety percent of owning the box set I already have. Yeah, which is you know yeah. having them. Yeah. Um, I don't have Revenge of the Cybermen, so that's probably for for probably for the better. I used to have it on VHS. And I adored it. I mean, I love the design. The fourth one in there on that shelf that's a thing I love how they look in that story it's a rubbish story it's a terrible story (laughs) it's a bit it's a great shoulder massage but it's a terrible story I mean I love it but I think I'm have to steal your copy so I can rip it when we're done I was going to say I mean I love it but dot 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 was what you wrote in the Valentine's card to me I love it but I love you but please stop (laughs) unhand me please please stop (laughs) unhand me squire um Hey Matt, what yes. pop culture news have we got to look forward to this week? Absolutely none. Seriously, guys, it has been barren. It has been a baron. Oh, I should rephrase that. Absolutely none that we care about. Yeah. Well, like, there's, there's one we can touch on, keeping in theme of Dr. Huame. Dr. Huame. Um, apparently, allegedly, apparently, BBC are sending top legal brass out to the States... To get a hold of of either the person responsible or the person's receiving some leaked footage of a new series. Whether this is related to the leaked footage that went out last week, we're not sure. Whether this is related to upcoming stuff for Comic-Con that Mm. maybe has gotten outside of the hard drive it was on. Yes. We don't know, but uh, the BBC haven't confirmed, but they've definitely not denied it. And... Chibnall does have a history of being very, very secretive. Yeah. When it comes to stuff, and the BBC um, can be litigious when they want to be. Yeah. And I think this is an instance where they would want to be. Absolutely. Were I the BBC, I would be sharpening my lawyers' uh, knives. My lawyer knives. My lawyer knives. My knives that are also my lawyers. Yes. I'll start a law firm. I'll start a solicitors, and I will employ these two knives. And then I will use the knives against people who I would like to sue, but have nor the money nor the training to do so. 
so instead we'll just stab them with the lawyer knives. This episode of the Big Damn Cast <laughs> is brought to you by <laughs> Henry's Lawyer Knives. <laughs> and it was formed... And you can't afford a lawyer. Buy a knife. It was formed by, <laughs> by two guys who were tired of paying extortionate prices for packs of lawyer knives in the supermarket and instead they bought a factory and went direct to distribution with the finest quality lawyer knives. Are you in legal trouble? Do you need legal counsel but can't afford the fees? Cut straight through the middleman by cutting the other man. It's Henry's lawyer knives. <laughs> you go and go to... I got a parking ticket and a fine for $500 but after I stabbed that parking attendant... <laughs> I didn't have to pay it. You can go. I have to face life in jail now, but I don't have to pay the fine. You can go to www.henryslawyerknives.com and use the offer code BDC for 10 pence off your first pack. And not only do you get your first pack of lawyer knives, you also get a tie and polish pot. That's right, a tie and polish pot worth at least 50 cents. Euro cents, not American cents. (laughs) Euro sense. Oh god! Isn't it disturbing that we're already being sponsored by a fictional lawyer knife company before <laughs> lawyer. we are being sponsored by like fucking Sherry's Berries or Sherry's Berries. Blue Apron? Or, Can we yeah. get a Wix? Where can where, I get a Wix on? You've got facial hair. Yeah. Where the hell is our freaking uh, Dollar Shave Club sponsor? Harry's Razors. Harry's Razors. Where is it? Well, I I want to use a one wipe Charlie. I've got facial hair and I don't shave. I do actually though I do use razors I, we, me and my girlfriend we switched to just instead of using like safety razors or I, mm. I used to have like a Gillette multi-razor thing we just get now a bulk pack of razor blades and we've got a hold and we just switch out the razor blades it's oh, great snap. It's oh I great. thought you said a bulk pack of disposables I no, was no. like oh still a lot of plastic no no, no that's, it's oh. just the razor blades oh. see my hair the, 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 fa- the, the, the face on my hair the, the facial hair I have is so dull and infrequent and not particularly thingy that I can make a, a pack of four Mac 3 uh, top up heads last about a year and a half that explains a lot because there's just like there's nothing on my face but then what do you use for my... your balls no! I just stare at them until they recede speaking... <laughs> just glare my... <laughs> speaking of speaking of balls yeah oh god DC revealed the details of their upcoming DC Universe streaming service this week. Yeah. Oh, nice transition. But also, a little bit unfair. A little bit unfair. It looks pretty good. It's going to be full of loads of things they promise, kind of, definitely happening, maybe. That aren't available in the UK? Yeah, now that mm. is the dumbest thing. Um, the fact they didn't have a line in the opening press release that was, it won't be available on all territories at first, but we'll have more information on that soon. That one sentence would have saved them a whole lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But they didn't include it. For those who don't know, what is the DC Universe... Uh, is it an app? I it's a DC Universe service? proprietary streaming service. It's a service. It's a service. It's a, it, it will service you, and Sunshine. And it's going to launch with the Titans live-action series, the Doom Patrol live-action series, the Swamp Thing live-action series, the Young Justice Outsiders animated series... And the Harley Quinn animated series. Not all, not all at once. It's going to launch with Titans and then the rest of them are going to filter through through the rest of 2018 and into 2019. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they bloody uh, are. DC Entertainment Chief Creative Officer and co-publisher Jim Lee says 
DC Universe is so much more than a streaming service. This is not how Jim Lee sounds, by the way. He's, Amer he's American for a start. I think he's Korean-American. I don't know. Uh, it's a welcoming place for everyone to immerse themselves in their own level of DC fandom with the epic characters, stories, and experiences they have come to expect from DC. We are from investing DC. from we are investing in and creating original, high-quality shows, including the new Titans series and curating the most beloved nostalgic content, while at the same time elevating the comic reading experience to new heights. Do Nothing this robust <laughs> has ever been offered to fans before. So, basically, we're getting a bunch of shows. Maybe. Yeah. We're also getting a curated selection of thousands of comic books, including titles related to the service's streaming shows, which will rotate in selection. And you can you can read them on your big screen TV. Oh, man. Or, of course, you can read them on an app on your smartphone or tablet. But yeah. I'm not... them on the TV's not a bad uh, touch. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, also... <laughs> Sorry, you just sort of... You just sort of devolved um, into, into whatever it was that came out of the primordial soup. Um, in addition, DC Universe will also give users access to exclusive DC Comics merchandise, enter contests, and social network engagement. So they're building their own shit Facebook. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I hate the idea of give you access to exclusive merchandise because that's saying buy this thing so you can mm -hmm. buy more things. Well, they've got the deals, absolutely. Deals and discounts, yes, I'm all for that. Fair enough. Well, the first exclusives they're doing are they uh, doing Justice League action figures yeah, based on the JLU designs. The JLU designs, uh, and they're sort of a slightly more articulated version of the current animated lines that they've been coming out with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I hate that. Because you're basically suckering collectors in, yeah, who may have gone to use it anyway, but now you you have to pay for the privilege of paying more stuff. I'm glad they're finally doing a comic subscription service. Yes, now that's about time. But if... and the TV subscription thing is a pretty cool addition. Hey, and if it's... you really like DC, pay whatever a year and get access to a bunch of DC shows. Like that's quite cool. Especially also, it seems like they're not going to have all the movies there. No, I think so it's, the uh, movies are going to rotate, of... rotate in and out. Yeah, um, and existing TV shows presumably, <laughs> this week, but they don't really a Batman talk about film. Much, Next yeah. week, a Batman film. The week after, a Batman film. We've made a lot of Batman films, guys. Then Barely Steel, God. the oh. Steel season on DC Universe. Can you imagine if they actually put Steel up to stream? Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> I can. Uh, but let's let's have a look. At, let's have a look at the shows. Let's take a look um, at the shows. Let's see the shows. What kind of shows? Titans. It's a new item. I'm not sure what continuity each of these are taking place in. I'm not sure if they're all separate continuities. I don't think they're all right. in the Arrowverse. Yeah, they're separate um, from Arrowverse. Titans follows young heroes from across the DC universe. As the they adapted several times already. As they come of age and find belonging in a gritty take on the classic Teen Titans franchise. Ooh. Those are words that alarm me straight yeah. away. Gritty take. Gritty yeah. take. Um... Dick Grayson and Rachel Roth, a special young girl, a special young girl, a special young girl, or a special younger girl, um, <laughs> possessed by a strange darkness. Getting is Rachel Roth Raven? I think so. Yeah, um, getting embroiled in a conspiracy that could bring hell on earth. Uh, joining them along the way are hot-headed Starfire and the lovable Beast Boy. Together, they become a surrogate family and a team of heroes. And these pictures, no um, mention of Cyborg. Interesting. No, Cyborg is mentioned in a different show. 
Oh. Outsiders. No. No. Oh. Doom Patrol is a reimagining of one of DC's strangest groups of outcasts. One of DC's... They've got two series coming up based on outcast groups. What the hell? Robot Man, Negative Man, Elasty Woman and Crazy Jane. Led by the mysterious Dr. Niles Calder. They're called into action by the ultimate hero for the digital age, Cyborg. That's new. Right. Cyborg has nothing to do with the Doom Patrol as far as I'm aware in the comics. Uh, Banding together, these rejects find themselves on a mission that will take them to the weirdest and most unexpected corners of the DC universe. Um, <laughs> Swamp Thing. Wait, so hang on. Was a Doom Patrol live action? Yes, these are all live action. Okay, so we are going um, to live action side. Live action? Do, apparently so. How are they going to do that? I don't know. So it can't be set in the movie verse. They'll, do, they'll, do a swap over. they'll do a swap over. Um, At some point, those two will cross over just so Cyborg appears in Titans. I, gar- I guarantee that. Because then it will tickle the nostalgia buds of the people who are already like, yay! Yet another Teen Titans Yay! adaptation. Um, it's almost like DC have only five or six stories. Swamp Thing <laughs> follows Abby Arcane as she investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-born virus. In Whoever copy-edited this fucking article on Newsarama needs a new job. Honestly, do they pay him for this thing? This Because this is terrible. We've got... Oh. We've Journalism's got, not a thing anymore. Did you not know? We've got a reimagining of one of DC's strangest group of outcasts. Not one of DC's strangest groups of outcasts. It should be a reimagining of DC's strangest group of outcasts or a reimagining of one of DC's strangest groups of outcasts. <laughs> and then we've got a deadly swamp-born virus. Swamp-born, B-O-R-N, not swamp... It should be swamp-born, B-O-R-N-E. Yeah, swamp-born. Virus in a small town in Louisiana, but soon discovers the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. When unexplainable and chilling horrors emerge from the murky marsh, no one is safe. Swamp thing, I guess. That's that summary sounds nothing like swamp thing. It sounds generic. It sounds like the first paragraph of the pilot synopsis that the network reads. It sounds like an episode... Well, that's what these are. Mm. It sounds like an episode of the X-Files. Yeah, but what I'm saying, these are all worded in a way that you wouldn't stick on the back of the Blu-ray. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, they're worded in a way that is just to sort of make a network exit go, oh, okay, so it's a, it's a horror show. All right, okay. Uh, all right, what's next? Oh, these are apparently DC's official descriptions for the show. Something's one of the most so, fucking romantic DC books. The spelling like, and grammar. about that. The spelling and grammar errors are, are must be on the DC side. Not surprising. Um, now, animated <laughs> shows, we've got Young Justice Outsiders. It features the return of the fan-favourite animated series with a huge cast of DC's most iconic... Uh, iconic? Young superheroes, plus brand new characters, many of whom are just discovering their unique meta-powers and special abilities. Set against the backdrop of a rich, deep world that touches all corners of the DC universe... The season focuses on meta-trafficking and an intergalactic arms race for control of these super-powered youths. That makes sense, because Series 2 ended on a bit of a cliffhanger with a here's yeah, where we this might is, go next. This so. is Series 3 of Young Justice, basically. Being held hostage um, behind a paywall and a subscription service. Yay! Now, to be fair, that was going to happen anyway, because they were in talks with Netflix for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So this seems like maybe that ball got rolling and then this DC service has come in and Warners and DC have gone, actually, we'll take that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And then found the cash somewhere to make it. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, Young Justice was great. 
but at the same time it was again just a different Teen Titans so nothing new <laughs> I get you I get you <clears throat> Harley Quinn follows now, Harley's yeah. adventures after she breaks up with the Joker and strikes out on her own in this new adult animated comedy with the help of Poison Ivy and a ragtag crew of DC castoffs, Harley tries to earn a seat at the biggest table in Villainy. Oh. The Legion of the Doom. You added the second there, there, didn't you? Nope. What? That's in the official show description from DC. Whether it's a typo from Newsarama's copy or it, or if they've just taken it directly from the Legion DC's of the Doom. official descriptions, it's the Legion of the Doom. So either Newsarama can't get the name of... Um, DC's foremost evil team, right? Or DC can't do it, and Newsarama just copied it without correcting it. Now, this is based the on... The Legion of the Doom! I know. Oh, God. The Legion of the Doom! <laughs> this is based on the um, thingy, thingy, thingy run, isn't it, from the New 52? I can't remember the names of the, the husband and wife team um, worked on it, but... Um, it, it's it's based mm, yes. on it in as much as it's set after she's broken up with the Joker and she's decided to go out on her own thing, but then it completely diverges from that because in that series she wants to like sort of not lead a normal life but mm. ignore all the superhero shenanigans and just stuff happens and it's quirky misadventures and it's like Deadpool contained in a in a in a seaside. City. That, I mean that's what that's what they've been trying to do with Harley Quinn since the New Fifty Two is turn her into Deadpool. Yeah, and that a DC worked, that worked fine for me for a while. I, I I got the first like twenty issues of that run and really enjoyed them, and then just sort of was like ah, this can't really go anywhere. Goodbye. Um, but this series is like oh, I don't want to be with the Joker, but I want to be a big super villain. It's like why? 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 Her thing was never be the supervillain. What like, is your motivation? Why yeah. are you doing this? Um, it's. I. I wouldn't be surprised if this series gets retooled for kids before it comes out. Yeah, the idea of it being an adult animated comedy is. I mean, right in terms of her subject matter and the stuff that you can stuff you can touch on, but um, no, they'll chicken out. Or do it as a live action show. No, and it's then, got and, to be animated. and then no, but do it as live action, and then make it adult because it's like you can <clears> actually you can be weird and sarcastic and funny and and sweary and violent and oh isn't this hilarious? And then you can randomly hit really heavy with the themes that are actually underlying there. I, I don't know. Stories. I think I think they've got balls for doing for doing an adult animated comedy because mm. um, there was a market Quinn. for it. Yeah. But picking Harley Quinn. No. What other character would be better suited to an adult animated comedy? Um, DC's character, Detective Chimp. Detective Chimp's on the Justice League Dark now. Is he? Yeah. Oh god, they're never going to make that movie. They've, they? they've re. They've, <laughs> they're never going to make that fucking movie. They've relaunched all the Justice League books <laughs> with the new Justice League written by Scott Snyder heading yeah. it up, which has resurrected the Legion of Doom as a concept. Good. Which is cool. Um, and also, Justice League Dark is like. Wonder Woman and Detective Chimp and Zatanna who has a really cool new redesigned costume without the fishnets um, I both love and hate that I'm intrigued but I'm also like oh, but the old school stage magician thing was cool yeah. and then um, it's Justice League Odyssey which is like Cyborg taking a team out into weird exploration things and, well, also yeah. they're separating the Justice League into different teams like they're heading up the, each of the teams and a stuff. bit yeah let me find, let to me... try and sell books basically yes <laughs> 
Just as he dark, anybody? We would I, have been interested had you let Guillermo del Toro make that movie. I want to show you the new Zatanna costume because I really like it. Do you, um, do you like it a lot? I like it a lot. You what? I like it a lot. Oh dear. Oh, I very like dear. I like it a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, a normal service will resume in a moment. Nothing feels broken. I like it a lot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this DC. This DC um, streaming service, how do we feel about it? Um, Have they said how much it's going to be a year currently? No. It goes into open beta the end of August, but again... Well, here's the thing. How much is it for Marvel? Marvel Limited is is their version of the service, isn't it? And again, it's not Marvel DC. It's the most easy comparison to make. Marvel Unlimited is the Marvel service, isn't it? And it costs about uh, £40 a year. Yeah. For in the UK, about sixty-five bucks, seventy bucks in the states, something like um, that, and yeah. it gives you access to every Marvel comic published that they've put on digital record so far, mm-hmm. right up until six months ago. So, the downside to being on Marvel Unlimited, if you're a big comics fan, is you are always six months behind at any one time, and you're always reading in singles. Yeah, which to some people isn't <clears throat> great. No, but if if if, if you know, push comes to shove, you can always Google the order of the story if you worry that you've missed something. Um, the upside, of course, is you are paying the same money you would pay for like ten issues of a comic. Yeah, for all the comics, so it's kind of worth it. Oh, that's the new Zatanna costume design. All right, okay, no, yeah. fair enough. Like it's it's a uh, it's more of a. Um, What'd you call it? Is that Man Bat? Yeah, Man Bat and Swamp Thing are also on Justice League Dark. Yeah, it looks like they've gone for more of a, <laughs> a, a gothy Constantine kind of thing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I, I like the charm and the magician thing, though, but I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, it's still a charm and magician, it's just not fishnets. Yeah. Um, you really hate the fishnets? I don't hate the fishnets, I just think we're, we're better than fishnets now. Yeah, I don't know, because it's part of the, I'm, I'm not... When I say I like her in the fishnets, I don't mean, like, because it looks hard. I just, like, it's that whole look of like 30s 40s no, sort of I, magician no, get, thing I, yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah. I get that I just think it's we can move past that now. oh yeah like um, oh yeah but put it yeah in terms of her going out there on actual superhero missions she probably would wear something different than yeah. her stage costume <laughs> yeah, yeah fair enough as, um, long as, as long as she's fucking wearing the stage costume when she's performing I'm happy anyway I like that 30s bollocks DC streaming service uh, yeah, cost I get, we don't the, it cost is gonna don't cost is gonna be the biggest factor here really yeah because, because it's all it's offering not all the comics but a hell of a lot of comics it's offering access to a bunch of DC movies and TV shows but we don't know in what quantities and which ones yet but from the trailer we know that Keaton Batman uh, Linda Carter Wonder Woman um, yeah actually I think that's going to be the first digital release of that yeah Chris Reeve uh, Superman like they're in there Uh, so past media for DC is definitely there and it will be available in some form yeah, but the thing is, the people you're advertising it to, a lot of them have probably got this stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to a degree. So um, it's, it's not. So who's that, it for? Yeah, because yeah. if you're signing onto the DC app, you're doing it because you're a big fan of everything they make. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're going to bring many people in with this. But that's where right. the, that's where the one sinister hook is, the uh, exclusive merchandise purchasing. That's sinister to me. That's for the that's for the people who've already got all this stuff. That's what brings them in. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but then it's like that's so like a paywall to buy more stuff. 
Yeah, it's it's just like it's not it's, you know it's it's, it's loot boxes. <laughs> it's it's DLC, DC DLC. I, know, I mean, the the problem I've got. I bet with... they haven't even put Waluigi in there either. <laughs> he is best boy. Um, I played some Mario. He's best, he best purple skinny boy. I played some Mario Tennis Aces on the Switch uh, this weekend, and I played exclusively as Luigi, and it was uh, Waluigi, and it was great fun. Um, <laughs> did, he, did he did he gesture towards his crotch many times? Oh, he's such a dick. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but not defined by that. <laughs> there are too many proprietary streaming services happening. Yeah. What we're going to see is a load of them launching and then we're going to see a massive crash mm. as loads of them fail because we've got yeah. Disney launching one, CBS have got CBS All Access, DC Universe are coming up. We've already got Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Crunchyroll, um what's the other one? What's the anime one? Anim- Animax. Yeah, Cr- Crunchyroll's one of um, the two, yeah. WWE yeah. Network. Here's the th- here's the thing with all this stuff, really. Netflix was the first like big one that really got the ball rolling. Amazon Prime, I would argue, is Amazon Prime in terms of worldwide services. It's only sort of obvious competitor slash um, contemporary, yeah, and especially in terms of commissioning original content. Yeah, like so Netflix, Amazon Prime <clears> at the top. Yeah. Then, based on preferences and specific genres, you've got things like the WWE Network and Crunchyroll. Um, <clears throat> based on certain audiences, like family packages. I don't think Disney's one's a terrible idea, but I would say that there's a case to be made for it to be a much cheaper price than the others because of how specific it is. But that being said, with the amount of IP Disney owns yeah. across Pixar, across its animated features, yeah. across its live-action properties, mm. across Star Wars, across Marvel, they probably have the widest range of ready-made mm. money I, I, makers I built say, into the concept. I would say it was fine if... Uh, Especially fine, if I, they get Fox. Yeah. I would say I would say it would be fine if there was a guarantee that the stuff was never taken off that service. Do you know yeah. Because I mean? like, that's the the one big downside of Netflix is it does change from time Which, to time. With, with, a, with a streaming mm. service like DC Universe or like... Um, whatever the Disney one's going to be that shouldn't be a problem because Disney will own no. all the rights to everything that's on their streaming service yeah. like Warner Brothers will own all the rights to everything that's on the DC Universe service so, so it shouldn't you, be an if issue if you were paying say for example if you were paying £7 a month yeah. so roughly uh, what's that roughly that'd be 84 going on £91 a year yeah. for a Disney service and nothing was ever taken off of it and um, it was only just stuff added to it I'd say that's worth it because if yeah. you're the sort of household that would normally buy even one DVD a month if you have children yeah that's everything yeah that's great and so I agree with that but again like you say it's the whole thing of but then the DC one's going to be over here and yeah. someone like Cartoon Network's probably going to release one eventually we're at just, some point we're just going to get got like all the backlog stuff of Boomerang and Hanna-Barbera and all those things we're just going to get slowly bled to death by yeah. all these subscription services we, we currently don't have any cable TV we, we had Virgin for ages and then we got rid of it because we realised we just weren't watching it enough to justify the inflated yeah. price and we did the usual thing we called them say we're cancelling they were like oh we'll tell you what we'll take off like £60 a month for the next six months and that won't shift it's like if you were able to do that already, just yeah. like this, yeah. why am I paying ninety well, pounds like for your service? We call, we, so we called, we them. got rid of it, and we, all we have now is Netflix. And oh, Hello. Netflix! I've got a Prime account, so we have Amazon Prime. Yeah, and now TV. Yeah. So if you were to boil that down to simply the monthly costs for all of our streaming services, 
it's coming to less than £20 a month to have three streaming services that we use yeah. all the time. And you get such a range of stuff on that as well. Yeah. So that's great to me, that that's £20. But if you then turned around and said, oh, we're taking all the Disney stuff off of these services and yeah. putting it on its own thing, and we're taking all the DC stuff off of the services and putting it on its own thing, and you know eventually Warner Brothers will just be like, sod it, let's, let's just absorb do the DC own. service yeah. and we'll do our own. Just, do, just change it to Warner Brothers. Yeah. If they do that, that 20-odd quid a month if I were to then buy every streaming service, if I were to buy into Crunchyroll and everything along the way, would then go up to like 50, 60, 70 pounds a month. If you don't want to buy into Crunchyroll, because anime is for jerks. Hey. No, it's not. <laughs> There's just a very loud minority of the fan base that are jerky as hell. To be fair, we could um, say that about literally anything we're talking about. I mean, about, right? yeah, good lord. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if last week's discussion wasn't enough to point it out, yeah, fan bases are toxic, horrible places at the minute. Yeah, um, but do you know what I mean? It's it's like, it's yeah. It's eventually we're just all going to be bled dry. I have no more left to give. Yeah, and that's sad. Um, if you're a simple per- simple person with simple tastes, and you're just like, all I want is WWE Network. I'm a simple person great. with you know I mean? expensive tastes. No, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you, if you were yeah. like, I'll be honest, I don't have much time to watch TV during the week, but the TV I do watch all the time, no matter what, is I watch, like, WWE stuff. I will subscribe to uh, WWE, what's it called again? WWE Network. Network. Yeah. Or, I love my comic books, I'm more of a DC guy, I'll buy the DC service. If that's fine, if that's, if that's, that's great. And I love the fact that that option exists. Yeah. But again, when you're looking at family environments and them sp- Splitting things up into their own services when you're a fan of multiple things, yeah, that's when it gets really and this, difficult. This is an inference on my part, but I would imagine, certainly from my experience, if I know things are available on a streaming service along with many other things for a lower price per month, I'm less likely to want to buy the individual media. So, yeah. but you're going to be in a situation where if you want to watch, say, season one of Titans hmm. but you can't afford a DC Universe subscription on top of your Netflix and Amazon Prime and Now TV hmm. and such then you're going to be forced to wait for a DVD to come out <clears throat> yeah and then buy that at what 20 odd quid it'll probably be yeah for something like a se- like a box set of a, t- of a TV hmm. a Blu-ray box set of a season of television hmm. is going to run you 20 to 40 quid yeah I was thinking about that actually because I, we, we, I, you know, I'm, I've got all the MCU stuff downstairs, and Black Panther arrived the other day. The 3D ones no longer have the cardboard outer sleeves, so the, sure. the spine design that has been perfect since sure. the Dark World has now been ruined by Homecoming because Sony decided to do something different. Sure, Thor Ragnarok was gold instead of red, and now Black Panther just doesn't have a cardboard outer sleeve. It's like great, cool. That hey. be, that beautiful display that was consistent for like six years is gone. Um, Nerd complaints, first world problems. But, I'm looking at um, your Doctor Who shelf now, and I'm like, you can't have a problem with mismatched spines. Yeah, but look at the majority of the like the eras have their own thing. The Rusty Davis era is just like five things with that big orange logo on it. Yeah. So you're like, okay, they're all the same. And the classic series is beautiful. And the Moffat the Moffat era is completely mismatched. Yeah, they're all, <laughs> they're all, all over the place. Oh god, but um, to entertain. <laughs> oh god. But, uh, yes, yeah, so like I was saying with that, is I have all the Marvel stuff, and I've got Agent Carter Series 1 and 2, mm. um, and if that sale goes on again at HMV, where they sneak out two, Blu-ray, two Blu-rays for £15 <laughs> in some of the superhero shows, because they don't, now a lot of HMVs have the superhero section. Yeah. 
Um, if if they do that again with Agents of Shield, I'll pick up a couple seasons of Agents of Shield so I can watch it at my leisure. You poor bastard. So now it's on Prime. <clears throat> is, is it back? Yeah, that was it because I was planning on buying it when it wasn't on for a bit. There was a while where there was none of it on there. I think it's all on there now. Or um, up to season four anyway. Till, until this bloody Disney app comes out. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like I, I want that. So la la la. And I was like, shall I buy the Netflix shows when they eventually come out on Blu-ray? Just so I have that collection but then I thought no I'll save my money for now yeah. because I, I currently have them at my fingertips yeah that's not going to come off that's not going to yeah. come off Netflix yeah. because it's net, well I say that yeah. <laughs> it depends if the license expires with with Disney which presumably it will at some point yeah and will they just move well that's the thing because remember that was being debated a while back yeah would the Marvel Netflix shows move to the Disney app I doubt it I think they've I think said they they're keep, not I think going they to keep a deal simply because the Disney app would be aimed at families. Yeah. So you you can't have the Punisher on, on the Disney app. Like, it's just not doable. Well, there's, there is already a separation of the Netflix shows working at a, a, a more mature level of yeah. content and theme than the ABC TV shows like Agent Carter mm. and Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans. Well, so the, and I think, the, I think, I think the, the network even. stuff would definitely... Yeah go on there quite yeah, happily um, well the I mean the only reason that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is lasted as long as it has and it's, it's finishing with this with this current current season or next season um, is because it's basically Disney just pumping money into ABC to give them advertising for the MCU mm. movies that, that's basically what they're doing with it um Oh, that's another thing as so, well. Like, are they going to rein in like Runaways and Cloak and Dagger? Are they going to move? Yeah, because there's a lot of there's stuff? a lot of new sort of what well, they're they're on those Hulu. are ones those are ones where I'm kind of oh, waiting yeah. for a DVD to come out. Like I'll, I will buy a DVD of the Runaways and binge it. In one I go. think Cloak and Dagger is on Amazon Prime over here. I don't know yes, about the Runaways. Yes, yeah. I'd like to watch Runaways because mm. again, eight episodes, really good cast, mm. and apparently they do go. Full blown fucking Totso dinosaur bullshit by the end. So it's like, yeah. I would watch that. I'd watch the shit. And the fact that it, that's such a relatively quiet sort of lack of fanfare around it. Apparently it's good. Not, not in an Inhumans way. Inhumans was, this isn't very good, everybody. No, Inhumans had a lot of fanfare in terms of press and then it was shit. Yeah. Oh, oh no, actually, no, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, shit. I mean it, I've not it, seen it. It didn't have like the critical fanfare. There was never any critical fanfare. Oh, God, no, no. Um, there was quite, quite the opposite. Whereas it seems the stuff that's good but not for everybody just goes by as is like Runaways mm-hmm. and, and uh, I assume the first couple of episodes of Cloak and Dagger um, oh my god we're at a point where we have a Cloak and Dagger show yeah and it's not enough <laughs> we're bemoaning it I want more right here's some freaking Marvel so as we segued from DC to Marvel alright here's some Marvel sort of news that came out that ties into DC quite oh, nicely okay so DC have got this history at the minute of announcing movies either proper announcements or producers or directors saying I've just begun work on this everybody and half those projects are either dead, dying or have gone quiet up in the air if you'd like like to see there's a wonderful video on it uh, by Mr. Sunday Movies that they did recently that's an extract from one of the one of the weekly planet episodes where they look at a list someone wrote on Twitter of all the DC movies announced but currently no news about yeah and it's about 12 well, it's what the Flash. It's the Flash Green and Core. the Flashpoint Paradox. Those are listed as two separate. Oh, fucking hell! Because so, it was the Flash, then it was Flashpoint, and now since there's been news of it being the Flash, so you have to assume that both options are in production. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern Core, 
the Batman, which would be the start of a trilogy, which is happening, but once again, it's in like we don't know who's in it. It's not written officially because it keeps being changed. Matt Reeves is apparently directing it, but has also not signed on yet to direct it. So he's in talk. Do you know what I mean? So it's like it's probably it's probably going to happen in some way, but they've announced it and they've not got it yet. Um, Aquaman's shot. Aquaman's happening. That's coming out in October. First trailer in the next couple of weeks at Comic Con. Um, Wonder Woman eighty four is coming. That's out. in production right now. Uh, that is a Shazam. Shazam, Wonder Woman eighty four, and Aquaman are the only three that are currently. I think Shazam's in post production now, isn't it? it? It's. I think it's close to the end of shooting. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure um, Zachary Levi was. Is he still got like jet black dyed dark hair at the Quite minute? Quite possibly. Um, I hope that is as fun as it looks like it could be. Um, but then also there is Suicide Squad 2 which was greenlit after the first one yeah. but we've heard nothing else since we heard, that it was, we heard it was greenlit and that David Ayer wants to do it and then they started saying that it was going to be Gotham City Sirens Gotham City Sirens and then they confirmed that Gotham City Sirens and Suicide Squad were two separate projects Yeah. but of course Gotham City Sirens would star Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn Yeah. then they said that they were doing a Harley and Joker movie and when asked is that like part of this they were then confirmed yep it would be Margot Robbie and Jared Leto and it's about them it's like right okay because mm. I thought you were maybe gonna like take Harley out of Suicide Squad go off of the end of Suicide Squad and turn that into the Sirens movie where maybe the plot is Ivy and Selena, you know, two former friends of Harley. What, these things are supposed see to have her, plots? No, but like, see, see her with the Joker and go, oh shit, no, we can't let this happen again. And it's a story of friends trying to... Fr- it's basically, you know, your typical, like, relationship, you know, rom-com, rela- you know, girlfriends, like, look out for each other kind of stupid thingy movie with the twist of it being about three villains and a psychopath. Clowns, yeah. yeah. Like, you could do something interesting yeah. with that. But they, they... Of course they won't. Um, and then Harley wouldn't be in Suicide Squad 2 and you just bring back Will Smith for Suicide Squad 2 to be like your poster person. Yeah. But then they confirmed that Harley is also in Suicide Squad 2 and that the Joker probably will be. We've now had confirmation that Martin Scorsese is indeed producing a Joker movie which is an origin film but separate from the Jared Leto DCA, DCEU Joker. Oh, I'm too tired for Set in the shit. 80s. Really set in the 80s about the gangster who becomes the Joker. So, you know, Batman 89, we've seen it. Um, I can't handle this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and... Oh, no. A week ago, they announced... that they are definitely going ahead at the minute on production of a Joker movie starring Jared Leto. Uh, just pick a direction and go and go! But this is where this week it got even more interestingly complicated. Okay. Because it's not the only comic book movie Jared Leto is now apparently attached oh, to. Oh yes, I saw so this. last week, uh, Amy Pascal in her infinite oh, air quotes, wisdom fucking announced yeah. that they are carrying oh. on they are, they are anticipating Venom will have a wonderful reception and they are carrying on with their Spider-Man titles because Sony again Sony own the rights to Spider-Man and a supporting cast of characters in terms of movies they have a deal with Marvel to tie him into the MCU but Venom is based on what Amy Pascal said in interviews during Homecoming's release mm. and based on Kevin Feige's reaction during those interviews Venom is set in the MCU 
but it's not an MCU movie. Like, it's not essential viewing, keep this in the collection, you've got to watch this to see it cross over. Like, it's just going to not contradict I the MCU. Saying it's which not is the best way to viewing. do it. No, saying it's no. not essential viewing is a great way to sell your movie. No, in terms of... <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's yes. fine. That's like the Netflix yes. shows. Like, yes. hint at the bigger universe... But it's separate because it needs to be because it looks like they're making a more adult. I, I, all the, Venom's going to get edited down to a PG thirteen twelve a. Of course it is. I see the marketing to. Or are they marketing to the people who were thirteen in nineteen ninety seven? They're marketing to Avi Arad because it gets his dick hard. Ah. Uh, he talks about this. He's the only one who gives a fuck about this movie. He's Avi the only one who Arad, it to get made. Venom makes his dick hard. Avi Arad. Venom makes his dick hard. Avi Arad. Venom makes his dick hard. And Carnage sticks a finger in his anus. Ooh. Anyway, um, um, so sell them toys. Blood starts pumping to his What dick. toys? When was the last time we had a, like a Venom toy? Oh, they've just released a new wave of Marvel Legends, all symbiote characters, and Typhoid Mary. And one of the one of them is a, I wish one I of them is ask now. one of them is a Venom based on McFarlane original look Venom. Oh. The Builder figure is just a bigger Venom. Okay. The Builder figure is just him with like you know his teeth and tongue and big muscles. Is it going to be? Is it like Matt Gargan Venom? No. Oh. See that would be clever. But no. <laughs> See, down, there, down there, I've got the Marvel Select um, Venom from a few years back. That's you're pointing at a giant. You're pointing at the Dalek Supreme. <laughs> this is the only Venom you'll ever. Oh, he's hiding. There he is. That's perfect. There. Oh, that's a good Venom. That's that. a good Venom. That's. I sold all my other Venoms on eBay because I was like, I don't need any other Venoms. That's perfect. Very veiny and fleshy. Yeah. It comes with swappable. Small, I'm the Venom as well. It comes with swappable small fists and a swappable head that looks like the McFarlane one. So you can have him be because that's that's like the Bagley early nineties. His Venom. his bloody the the edge of his mouth is by his ears where yeah. his ears should be. Yeah. It's exactly. a good, that's a good Venom figure. It's a good fucking this, Venom. This is, let's, welcome to our audio podcast where we describe action figures. <laughs> I'm fucking opening the rest of the box now. Okay, now, oh now we've done it. Oh, no, he's not in here. He's in the other one. I've taken his hand off. What have you done that for? So I could give you a hand. Oh! Hey! That's, terrible. <laughs> that's terrible and you're going to pun hell. Oh. Um, Honestly, everyone thinks he's bad, but he's harmless to me. Oh! <laughs> oh! But anyway, so Venom, Venom sells toys, and they're going ahead with Venom. But Amy Pascal mentioned that they are indeed going ahead with other movies. One that we were told about was something called Silver and Black, <laughs> which is a. I mean, that's the reaction I had when I heard about it. Oh, I'm putting his. I'm putting his Eddie, Eddie Brock head on. Silver and black. Where's his normal then? We're not doing Big Damn Cast this week. We're doing Matt and Chris play with toys. Yeah, oh, they are cool though. Should have brought um, my Transformers. But they uh, and that's great because that's based on the cover of, of the thing you won with the. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I have. I have vivid memories of seeing a cover in a comic book shop of a Venom book where Venom's tongue was coming off the bottom of Eddie Brock's chin. <laughs> yeah. And me and me as a kid thinking, how does that work when he eats? There we go, and there's the uh, there's the Tom McFarlane. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? I can't. I don't know where the spare hands are. Um, but also in there, as you can see from I can't remember the name oh, of the bloody story now. Yeah. But there's one story where he mutates like crazy and he's got those things sticking out of him. We can attach that to his back as well. Ah. Oh. So see, cool, right? Cool figure. Yeah, I like that. Cool Venom toy. Um, 
Amy Pascal announced that they were doing Silver and Black, which is a really movie with Silver Sable and Black needed. Cat, which is really pointless because why? One's a jewel thief and the other is an international assassin who works with like a cabal. It seems like a strange combination, I'm not going to lie. But it's because Amy Pascal's really big on something that does need to happen, which is more representation in blockbuster films, specifically female leads. Yeah, However, she doesn't necessarily make sure that the movies are quality, i.e. her first attempt at this, Ghostbusters 2016. Yeah. She, just, she just gets them out. She just puts them out there, and that's how this happens. And it's like, no, that's more damaging than anything. Um, um, I'm not sure that's the case because I think, I think I would give people. Um, say that. Well, that's, yeah. I, it's, I, it's, want, it's, I it's, want to say that I give people enough credit to be intelligent enough to know that the reason why Ghostbusters 2016 wasn't great wasn't because it was women. Like that's no, not yeah, the, that's not the problem with that movie. So you, it shouldn't stop you from commissioning more female-led action movies, horror action movies, like comedy, a- comedy action movies. But it's coming from the the trigger finger of the same person who put it out there, and her entire thing for that movie was just make a Ghostbusters with ladies. That was all she inputted. I want Ghostbusters with girls. That's all she said. But not, but not good. Not let's create a brand new franchise that would be amazing and give it female leads or let's create a Ghostbusters, I would prefer it to have female leads, let's figure out the best story we can tell. It was just, make this a thing! Uh, as evidenced by the fact during the time of Amazing Spider-Man, she was trying to get a, a Black Cat movie made, a Silver Sable movie made, and a movie about younger Aunt May as a spy made. She just wanted female-led films without thinking about whether or not these were stories that needed to be told or would be interesting. So Silver and Black hmm. could be terrible, it could be great, but based on like the churning out nature of Sony's arm of the Spider-Man stuff... It's probably going to be rushed and not too brilliant. The long arm of the Sony Spider-Man. They've announced another Spider-Man movie this yeah, week. Yeah, I saw this and it made me despair. Morbius the Living Vampire. Sure. Now, I like Morbius. I like Morbius' solo series from about five years back. It was very short-lived. It was meant to run longer, but it was really good for what it was. Morbius is fine. I like the character. Different writers and artists do different stuff. There's a silent issue of... Um, mostly silent issue of like I think it's Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man from like 12 maybe more years ago that I've got somewhere where he's depicted more like a Nosferatu-esque like sweeping creeping is that character from the, uh, is that from the Nuff Said yes it was, enough, it was Enough that Said issue that would have been 2000 I've got it in here somewhere I'll have to find it but it's yeah, I really a... like that because in that he's depicted more as just this slinking shape and he's like balding he's got the creepy teeth He's usually depicted more as like you know, the black greasy curtained hair and red eyes and everything. He's been part of the Midnight Suns. He's, yeah. he's you know, he's an interesting character. He's a man who That's through disease a... and experimentation becomes a horrible creature that is akin to a vampire and he's a Spider Man villain and sometime ally. And there's there's stories you can tell with him. Most famous for his nineties animated series, freaking adaptation where plasma. He plasma, they must have plasma blue. Um, so you know, where he su- where where he sucked out plasma, which just looked like energy lights through his hands. It's just not very because they good, didn't is want it? to show him biting anyone's neck it's in a kids' cartoon. Just car not too. very good. The ninety Spider Man is dreadful, and it's... I will fight anyone who says it isn't. Anyway. Uh, okay, get your invitations in. Get them in, boys and girls. Get those emails coming in. Chris it, will fight you. It is terrible. if you say the ninety Spider Man isn't terrible. It's freaking awful, and I hate it. Live and kicking was all right though. Live and kicking was great. Maybe I'm just jealous because I entered a competition to win a, a video box set of that Spider-Man and TV and video player combi, and I never won it. I want, I wanted the Spider Slayer toy. 
the Alistair the big, Smythe the big one. one. Oh, that one! Oh, I think the Alistair Smythe The big is... one that had loads of little spider slayers. With his weird little creepy shoulders. Um, oh, yes. Oh, immense. But, um, yeah, I, I... I can see why Morbius could make an interesting story. Morbius would make a much better villain in a Spider-Man movie. Like, you do the story of, you know, this is what happens when this accident happens to someone, and unlike you it's something that horrifically changes them and they need help and maybe you can guide them Peter maybe you can talk them through it <coughs> like there's a story you could tell there make him young make him Peter's age make Morbius a kid in the class he was always a professor wasn't he he was always like a scientist yeah yeah they're at a scientist uh, uh, science uh, like led school of academia in Queens in, in the homecoming film so make him just an older student in the school make, make Morbius the kid who asks out Betty Brandt in AV Club news yeah coming. not even kidding yes like root him in there and, and just it, it's you know some of the best stories are the hero as a the villain as a mirror to the hero regardless of how literal or like small that is it's <laughs> but it's true though, and Morbius in this case you could do it like he's someone who all Peter's age who has an accident and this is how in the movies they can like show in flashback or whatever they can be like and here's how the MCU Spidey's origin happened um, you can do that kind of shit and be like and Peter's got to deal with it and it's dealing with a student who's not only got an ability that's making him feel like an outcast and a freak but something that's actually changing his physiology and making him want to eat people like you know there's stuff you could do there with that he doesn't eat people though no but like on the most basic level you know, Ned, you, know Ned have, you know Ned would have a line like he's eating people like, <laughs> it's not what he's doing he's eating plows my he's body. eating people and then he's going to eat me Oh my god! Apologies if you're listening to this on headphones. Um, but you knew what you were getting into when you pressed play. Um, you poor so, uh, oh god. So, um, that, you know, there's an interesting story to tell there. That's obviously not the story they're going to tell. Because it's a solo <laughs> movie. And the reason I brought this up in the first place, they announced who they're in talks with to play the role of Morbius. Jared Leto. Oh, that cunt. Now, rewind in your brain. Forget Jared Leto's Joker. Forget that that character exists. Forget that interpretation. We never saw the photo. I mean, that's fairly before, easy because it's pretty to, fucking forgettable. Yeah, go back to before we saw that bloody photograph even, yeah? Forget about the Joker. If you just said to me several years ago, during the time of Amazing Spider-Man, because the Amazing Spider-Man franchise was still okay. on the roll, okay. hey, we're thinking of doing a Spider-Man movie, not solo, yeah. Spider-Man movie, with Morbius as the villain, mm. and Jared Leto playing Morbius. Mm. I'd be like, okay, I'm up for that. that. Was because I, uh, That's interesting. He's, um, an inter- he's an interesting actor. I just saw him in Dallas Buyers Club. He was really good. I, I, see, I, I would I would love to say that around the time of Amazing Spider-Man 2, because I was aware at that point of how much of a Garbage fire! Fucking idiot that man is. Yeah, true. Hey, but not he's on. See, hey, just... but he's on tour at the minute with his whole bat. Oh wait, no, just just him and the drummer <laughs> oh, playing no, the guitar, pre-recorded there, guitar track instead of getting like touring musicians. There's someone to join just them. off the side of the stage that you can't see. Oh, so they do have touring musicians with them. Uh, a touring musician. That at least. is really get them on stage. No, 
This Get is the them Jared. on stage. It's the Jared Leto show. Although that new single's really good. I forgot what it's called now, but that was quite good. Is um, it though? Yeah, it is. It is. Can you? Is. Can you honestly? I ain't buying a Fallout Boy album anymore, but I like. Can um, you? I like. Um, less than the real ones. With a straight face mm-hmm. and no doubt in your soul, come to me and say, "This thirty seconds to Mars song's pretty great." How would you word it like that? Can, can, <laughs> Can you actually say that to me? No. I will. I will say they're not terrible. They're not bad. They're not, bad. <laughs> they're not terrible. That's the best review you've bad. ever given. But <laughs> a truly terrible. great thirty seconds to Mars song does not exist. That being said, truly great Jared Leto performances do exist. As much as the man is fucking insufferable by all accounts, he can fucking act. Yeah. I'll give him that. He can act. It's um, just a shame that he does. He chooses not to in so many of the but, films he's in. God, Morbius, um, a Morbius solo movie, and also Jared Leto. I just can't think of any any two things that I want together less. <laughs> to be honest, well, I can think of a few things, but nothing that is gonna nothing. There's nothing. No two things I want together less that don't cause me bodily harm oh fair enough let's put it that way let's put it that way oh god just to avoid any suggestions of what I should do to myself in comments slash twitter slash emails speaking of which a should we do some emails let's do some emails because I am actually flagging yeah Matt is knackered I'm so sorry we're recording this at what is it like 3 o'clock uh, yeah, quarter four, quarter four now. in the afternoon. Uh, in the afternoon on the Tuesday of this coming out, um, you've been up since four working. Yeah, and I was working like I, a I dog. I didn't get to bed till after midnight. Jesus, wet. so yeah, I'm, I'm in no sleep. It's because you've been staying up in certain razors into razor frames <laughs> all night. It's because I've been staying up in certain razors into Jared Leto's. <laughs> Makeup uh, eyeliner removal pads. Jesus, when? Um, no. Oh my god. No. Oh. Um, I would never do that. That's horrible. Oh, but you need to write a horror film now. That's a horrible one. <laughs> you need to a, write a horror film now. That's a horrible and off-color. That, no that was a terrible. That was a terrible thing speaking, to say. Speaking of horrible and off-color, terrible notions. thing to say. Well, we do have an email from Tom Monte, so we got some. <laughs> yeah, boy. Speaking of terrible things to say, what filth has Tom Monte spewed out of his tiny fingers onto his keyboard of sticky um, joy? Oh, he says. Oh, some of this was answered last week. So, all right, no worries. That's all right. We, we can we can we can repeat. He says, <laughs> "Dear to the Christopher and Matthew." <laughs> the Legion of the Doom. Thoroughly enjoyed Big Damn Live last week. If you are reading this a week later, well, it would it's last week, week before last. Would love to see more in the future. And that's you the know, whole email. He just sort of trails off in ellipses. No, nice. uh, he goes on to say, um, "Have you heard of the Doctor Who series eleven leaked episode one clip? We have. Have we you are. watched it? We did, mm-hmm. and we and we discussed." Um, I have watched it and we are disappointed. I like I like Jodie Whittaker from what I've seen, but don't really know what to make of the new Sonic. Hopefully, it's only temporary. Temporary. What do you make of the Sonic? If you've seen it, it looks like a Sonic. I think people are going. I do quite like it actually. After a week of after having it be in my brain, I'm like, do you know what? Yeah, it looks alien. 
I think people are just going, it looks phallic. It's like every Sonic screwdriver looks phallic. Oh, it's got three settings. Especially fucking uh, Matt Smith. Jesus, that thing extended and it, opened it. It looks like a fox's penis. It looks like a speculum. Friend of the show. It's a space age Friend speculum. Friend of the show, Guy Lambert. And he can deny this all he wants. Once upon a time. Once upon a time. So the week, of the, the week of the new series coming out. Had a Matt close Smith encounter with the fox's penis. 2010. No, I'm going to very I'm gonna hurry up and tell the story so you don't start to form disgusting mental images. I'm but sorry. The series comes out 2010. And around sorry, the week of release, we were live on CBBC in the mornings. And... I think, I think that was the first time where they were releasing merch for that series before that series came out. Yeah. And it was a few things. It was like notebooks and, and stuff like that. But one of them was the Sonic Screwdriver, which then became a tradition. Before Every new Sonic Screwdriver was available to buy before its debut on screen. Mm. Um, and Matt's came out. So I bought one from the BBC shop and put it on the desk during the live mornings. Like I, I had a, 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 like a cup with pencils and pens in it and I stuck the Sonic Screwdriver in there. And I'd already brought my... Uh, tenant one and put it in there as well so yeah. I was like there we go they're both in and we'd faff around with it and this and the other and just before we went live one time um, guy whispered into my ear while I was playing with the sonic screwdriver about to go live I was just holding it and he went it's barbed isn't it like a fox's willy <laughs> and then we went live and then we went live <laughs> <laughs> I hope you remember that guy because I bloody well do um <laughs> Uh, I had a smirk on my face that, like, if you watch the link back, you'd be like, "What's he so happy about?" It, it wasn't. Fine. I was just trying to contain my. It's laughter. like a sonic screwdriver. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I do like. Um, I, last week I was saying, "Oh, I wish they were a bit more basic." But to be honest, it's fairly it's basic. Fairly and, basic. Like, yeah. like I say, compared to Matt Smith, Jesus. it looks it looks like uh, one of those like buffers you put in your nose, not the trimmers, but you know the little one that just sort of swirls round and clears it out. Good. Um, I'm glad you went there with it. Uh, at least it doesn't look like a speculum. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. Oh God. I'm so tired. He's so tired. Um, He's so, so sleepy. What the fuck am I actually saying? Okay, right, okay. Um, I feel like this question... I feel like this question might have already been asked. So here's another Doctor Who one. Just in case. Oh, men's. Which version of the eleventh Doctor is your favourite? Is it series five eleven or series six eleven or series seven part one eleven or depressed the snowman eleven or series seven part two purple eleven? And why? I like series five eleven because his hair is the maddest in that series. Have a lovely week, Chamonta. I was talking about this the other day with Lou that about how Capaldi's Doctor is so different in each of the three series and it feels it's very much because of the writing and what he has to work with as an actor from the writing yeah um, I mean I think Smith's, Capaldi's Doctor is different from story to story I think Smith's fairly consistent yeah I do though his, his Doctor does become a little bit careless as time goes on like he becomes almost a little bit more clumsy I think there's a little more melancholy on. to him as well yeah especially like, after Amy we, and he Rory has so many go. bloody prophecies hanging over his head yeah. that you know whereas series 5 Matt is a lovely little puppy who's just happy yeah. and giddy and, and, and very confident but like his balance is really nice in that first series because you definitely feel like he's a, an older man who just happens to look like this bloody like, yeah. student yeah. who's banding around in a geography teacher's uniform he's he's very good at being i am old and ancient and very and essentially unknowable and yet so relatable and and childlike and open i mean he, he's trouting yeah like it, it, it's and he's, he said that as much he said that the inspiration he took when he got after he got the part 
he bought a load of the DVDs just to like you know go over and observe. He, he said he made it a conscious decision to not try and be like any of the others, but he wanted to see how other actors had approached it, so that he could sort of you know get a sense of of touches. That also approaches. makes sense though, because he's playing that person. Well, that's true, but but um, to keep it fresh, you might you might argue that maybe if you'd not seen any of the rest of it ignore it because then whatever you're bringing is completely what you're bringing and it's up to the showrunner and the writer to make sure that you feel consistently like the same character but also to give you the room to be your own thing yeah but that's fucking lazy isn't it not necessarily depends, I think it depends on the part like if you for example randomly oh, yeah. no, no, no yeah, totally. as, I mean for yeah, the yeah. doctor oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah a character yeah, yeah. who's so well defined and has yeah 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 I was just yeah. saying like, if your cast is like oh you want you to put the red skull in something and you've oh, never seen yeah, yeah, yeah. the red skull in it yeah um, you might be like, right, I'm gonna get as much as I can from the material you've given me. Yeah, well, you just do what's in the script, don't you? But yeah. if it's if it's yeah, a continuation yeah. of an established character, then yeah, you, have, yeah, then you okay. have to do the work. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. right. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. And I was thinking, yeah. yeah. I was thinking the approach to the characterization. Oh, you're yeah. talking about yeah, yeah. having an awareness of the history of that. Yeah. No, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he said the one that he gravitated to the most was Troughton, and the one that became his favorite was Tomb of the Cybermen. Because it's very good. It's very good. But it's a bit racist. Um, yes, but, but not it's very in a. Good. It's not in a. It, it's more a, 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 a how times have changed kind of thing. Christopher, like, the bad guys in that have a black man servant who yes. can only speak monosyllabic English. Yes, it's racist. Yes, it's a good story. But the story. Oh, what I'm saying but it's is racist. What I'm saying is the story doesn't approach it as though that's like you know. There wasn't an intent for it to be offensive when it was made, is what I'm saying. It's just oh no, 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 no! As no, time no, has gone no. by, it's like that's really insensitive. Yeah, I mean, so you have, mean, to, you have to take, you, mean, have to, you have to put that hat on when you watch it. You I have think to put the the filter of time and progression of social. I think the uh, implication that is that they are bad people because they have a black man servant. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but they also still did it in a kids TV show set uh, in a story set in the future with robot men. Yeah. So. Um, but all the same. He gravitated toward that story a lot, and he really liked that sort of quality of Troutons, where he was a clown, clownish on the outside, very warm and soft and on the ditzy. inside. Armadillos, no, but like so- softer and ditzy and, and 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 warm and cuddly. But there was that thing underneath that you could tell where he was authoritative. He just didn't really talk. It's with the it. moment in Tomb where he talks mm. to Victoria about his family. Yeah, that's bloody lovely. Yeah. Um, and Smith said like that was what he gravitated toward and you can de- once you watch some Troughton if you then watch some early Smith you can really see that but yeah. also it was a really wise decision because he was following on from what was arguably the de- the then pop culturally definitive version of the Doctor because Tennant had dominated the show and like was already regarded as oh when people think of Doctor Who they either picture Tom or David like it was at that point so yeah who was the last person to do that well like you know arguably you know Peter Davison but in terms of that oh god this is what the public perceived the character to be I need to follow it up well Troughton was the first who had to deal with that so not a bad place to take inspiration no, from no. to be like that he had, to, he had to convince everybody he was that person everybody, everybody had been in love with for the last three years Yeah, and he did it brilliantly so yeah I yeah. like Series 5 Smith I like Series I also like I like Snowman Smith. I like Snowman Smith. I think I like all Smith up to Clara becoming a regular companion. Yeah. And even then, he's not bad, but it, he he's the best thing about the story after that point. Yeah. Um, I like... It, something which Capaldi was not able to continue. When the stories were bad, his Doctor was so undefined yeah. that 
he couldn't rescue it as far as I'm concerned I did a thing this week on Twitter just out of curiosity on Saturday morning I put a tweet out that said in no particular order what are your favourite three series of modern Doctor what do you think of the best oh, three yeah, series of modern Doctor there. Who and then I added mine I was like one, three and five for my, I think are the best of modern Who I mean it's one, two and four but alright well <laughs> <laughs> You know full well that my favourite run, run of the show in Modern Who is that first five years. You know that two and four and the specials are in my book. Oh yeah, I'm just saying it's one, but two it, and four. But just in terms of the consistency of the stories and the stuff that I think is really good, it's one, three and, and five. Um, five, I would argue five is a bit weaker than series four. Yes, it is. But the change is so refreshing and the it's still fucking great. Series is really like, it's great. still really yeah. great. So that's, like, why, that's why it's up there for me. I'm not, I'm not going to shit on series five because it's good. But um, I was, I'm was i so surprised at the amount of people who really... And again, if you enjoy it, I'm so happy for you. And I wish I, I wish I got the same enjoyment out of it. I just don't fathom it because I think it, I think it's definitely the weakest of modern era. But I'm so surprised how much love there is for Series 9. Oh, God. Yeah. It, it's like the most commonly... And some people have said like, yeah, I know. And they're common. Like, I know, I picked 9, but I really enjoyed it. And it's like, don't... Don't apologise. Don't apologise for it. enjoying it. I, I don't understand you, it. I love but... that you enjoy it. I'll never yeah. get it. It's like whenever I watch Lucy play The Sims. I'm like, she's like, look what I've done. I'm like, oh, I, do. I don't get it. I'm I mean, so event- glad you're happy, but I don't get it. Eventually, I'll get round to revisiting series now, and then I might get it. But at the moment, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think there's a single story in series now I really like. I'm in that weird camp where I did, I did enjoy Sleep No More. I know that's sort of seen as like a good no why would you do that there are problems mm. with Sleep No More there are definitely problems once again in terms of weird marginalising of minority like with one particular character the character played by Bethany Black who is just mm. sort of a like blank slate asexual grunt and it's just like this is weird mm. um, and monsters made of sleep from your eye the moment you realise the moment you realise that you go what and the execution of them is weird but the thought behind them is really creepy. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it's a mishmash. But I also like the storytelling device of Shearsmith's character telling the story in logs, and then at the end you realise that the whole thing was a trap to freaking spread it to whoever finds the transmission. Like a trap. Which so as basically saying, hey, you at home watching, you're screwed now. Um, I love that. But that had already been done by Dead Air, the Tenth Doctor audio, which I've talked about before. Yes, about five years prior. And you already oh, yeah. been, already been done by Blink. Yes, true. Yeah. Well, no, because in Blink, it's it's just saying they're out there, you fuckers. Yeah. Um, and then Flesh and Stone, Time of the Angels, sort of implies that oh yeah, oh, yeah. that which contains the image of an angel is itself an angel. Yeah, dicks. That, which kind of muddies it, but it's still yeah. Which works in that story. Episodes, it works yeah. in that story because all it's referring to in that story is the freaking um, the TV recording of it, and that works because like okay, fair enough. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, what the hell are we talking about? Um, Politics. That the was next it. email. Owen Jones is odd, isn't he? He's an aggressive little. It's complicated. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. Um, Theresa May is a bit shit, isn't she? Oh, very. Yeah. This one comes did in you, from. Did you know that Brexit will be Brexit, but will be a Brexit? It will that be is a an Brexit. actual quote from this. Last it week. will be a breakfast. <laughs> a breakfast of champions. Um, fucking. I, I, uh, if I could stop it, I would. Um, Step in and go, guys. Hey, do you mind? This one comes in from Lewis. Guys, hey, do you this, mind? This is a long... He's got a point. <laughs> just ended. This is Lewis's long one. Um, and he says... 
Greetings, greetings, greetings. I say, I say, I say. Um, I'm very late to the party, but happy anniversary! It's been a joy listening to you fine folks, week after week, along may big damn cast rain. That was terrifying. I've recently started Angel, as I'm on season four of Buffy, and I heard that it's best to watch the two shows side by side. It's a pain when it comes to taking the discs in and out, <laughs> but yes. Uh, start a Plex server. I'm enjoying it so far, but I'm not in love with it as I was with Buffy from the word go. What are your non-spoilery thoughts and on season one, and does it get better? Yes. My, uh, yes and yes. In fact, when you move into the second half of season one, you will notice it's a completely different show. You will miss certain elements of the first half of series one, but you'll appreciate why they make the decision they do halfway through series it's one. It's a completely different it show. It's called Forever Night, and it actually ran in the 90s on the sci-fi No. Um... <laughs> Cheeky bugger. No, it does. Um, it does. It definitely improves. Um, I weird, mean, I liked it to start with, but weird parallel though. It's the more adult spin-off of a very successful show, forty-five minute long primetime show. Yeah, and the second episode of it, to almost prove that it's an adult spin-off, features a demon that transfers from host body to host body, killing the previous host through sex. Are you talking about the Next Generation in Deep Space Nine? <laughs> no, 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 that's the plot of the second episode of Angel, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know where you're going with this. You know exactly where I'm going with I know where you're going with this. Doctor Who gets an adult aimed spin off called Torchwood, and to prove that it's adult, well, to prove that it's adult, in the first five seconds, a policeman goes, fucking Torchwood. Fucking Torchwood. I'm watching that on a TV on holiday and just going, alright. Yeah, that was <laughs> that. Okay. That immediately turned me off the show. So there we go. I'm just like, oh, they're just going to swear a lot. The second episode cool. is co written by Chris Chimnall and it's about an alien that transfers from body to body or drains energy from other bodies through sex and that really turned me off the show it's a terrible episode it's not good it's a terrible episode it's not good at all series one of torture though contains what I think is the second best Torchwood thing ever and that's Countryside I always thought you were going to say Side Woman <laughs> he's the new showrunner folks um, um, no Countryside so, is good Countryside is great here he comes in a ruddy Countryside comes Countryside is good Countryside is great Countryside is good I like Countryside on my great. plate that's um, um, yes that, those are our thoughts on series one Angel's um, great stick with it also I rather enjoyed your brief chat about double dipping on movies I have shamelessly owned the Spider-Man trilogy five bloody times on Home Video Home Video I bought the three films separately on Blu-ray then the box set then the new box set then the steel books and then I tracked down the original DVD releases to be complete it probably won't be the last time I buy them because 4K yeah they were quite in 4K I'll have to buy them again in this case though those three films are some of my favourites of all time yes even the third one they taught me a lot growing up about power and responsibility and for me Toby will forever be my favourite on screen spitty I can't believe that the masterpiece that is Spider-Man 2 is over 14 years old I know if you were able to take that away from the, those Spider-Man movies and I think that that shows that they were very good adaptations of Spider-Man the man of spiders the man of spiders the spider of men yeah if the that, children of men yeah because I think there you go there's a DVD copy of Spider-Man 3 for you to enjoy oh no <laughs> I will rip it to my Plex server when I get home it was in my pile of stuff to put on eBay but 
I, I, I kind of feel like I want to be like our, our email chum here. Okay. Because if you look, as you've seen behind okay. there, as you've seen behind there, yeah. I've got Spidey 1 and 2 on DVD and the first Blu-ray release. So, mm. Christopher, I can't accept this kind of gift. Oh, all right. Can I open it? Yeah. See what's inside this Sony what's DVD from 2007. Sony DVD. Oh, it's a comic! Oh, shitballs! Spider-Man, the comic book covers. Oh, uh, also an advertisement for the Blu-ray trilogy <laughs> inside the DVD for three. Oh, that's cool. It's just a little gallery of some of the covers from the oh, original Oh, that's room. neat. That's nice. What else we got in here? Oh, it's a, oh, it's a book of adverts. There's Venom again. His stupid face. A book of adverts for um, American Airlines. <laughs> freestyle <laughs> cruising. There's coupons in there. Um, Lastminute.com. Win an amazing weekend in New York. One of win one of four trips to the Big Apple. Visit lastminute.com forward slash Spider-Man three now. Um, oh God! Prices based on departures in January February two thousand and eight. I've just stumbled um, across something. What? So, I think it was you who told Ooh, me about cheesy this. Cheesy bites from Pizza Hut. I think it was you who told me about this. Actually, do you remember the Jonathan and Paul Ross competition? <laughs> Please explain to the listeners what the right. First off, for those who don't know, Jonathan Ross, television presenter, interviewer, once comedian, occasional film reviewer. Paul Ross, yes. brother, journalist, also film reviewer. Yeah, could you explain yeah. to them what their thing was? So, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh god Paul Ross and Jonathan Ross both uh, I can't remember where I heard this story so if it turns out to not be true I'll, I'm going to be really really upset but I think it is true because I've just found some more bloody evidence of it go on Jonathan Ross <laughs> and Paul Ross uh, both had careers uh, or, or part of their career has been through, um, yeah, it's hilarious. Through uh, film as film critics, um, basically, um, <laughs> they had a competition uh, where they would try and get as many poster and box quotes on movies as they could, which. Infamously, which infamously mm-hmm. uh, resulted in Jonathan Ross's quote appearing on the VHS copy for Batman Forever, which I used to have. Mm-hmm. He's quoted as, co- as, <laughs> as calling it the greatest movie ever made. Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Now, I'd like to read that original review just to see how he fit that. I in. don't know. I'm I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google it. But keep in mind, it, ladies and gentlemen. That's Batman Forever. Batman Forever. A terrible threequel in a superhero franchise in the 90s. Let's skip ahead 12 years, Matt, to the DVD release of Spider-Man 3, which I randomly pulled out here. Just, there it is, there's the box. Yeah. Would you please read the first pull quote on the back of this box, as written by Jonathan Ross? Yeah. Not just the best Spider-Man, but also the best superhero movie. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 
Three. Spider-Man. Twa. Spider-Man. Oof. Trez. Spider-Man. Dry. Oof. Uh, and also, fr- front the front cover pull quote from the Evening Standard. One of the most enjoyable films of the decade. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I need to return to the email because I can't quite get my head around that. <laughs> that okay, is cool. bad. Um, but not a bad trilogy to own many copies no, of. No. Uh, <clears throat> it's not back to the future. Fecking hell, Jodie looks good, doesn't she? I gave into my <laughs> temptations and watched the leak, despite being annoyed that it happened. Wait, what the, video did they watch? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the little I've seen from Jodie so far has impressed me very much. She is the Doctor, whether you like it or not. Finally, I received... I know, Petty, I know. <laughs> no, Petty. <laughs> Finally, I received my copy of the Season 12 box set a few days before release, and man, is it a thing of beauty. Absolutely gorgeous, and I'd love to see the other 25 seasons of Classic Who get the Blu-ray treatment. And that's all from me, and goodbye. I think that is the plan, isn't it? Is to do them all on those Blu-ray sets because it's the collection season twelve, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think they've called it ambiguously called it the collection in the off chance that they never get around to it, so that it'll always be seen as mm. yeah. About ten years ago, they released six of the classic seasons on on Blu-ray. I think the fairest way to do it is to release um, at least one season of every Doctor because then if it goes kaput there's at least one season of every Doctor in the collection. I think that's a fair way of doing it. Um, Do you know what I mean? I like, think... The, the, as long as it's Silv's last series, I think that'll be The funny. guy who's done the artwork for it, whose name I forget, so forgive me, I think that... I can't remember if he's, if he's mentioned it or if... Is it a suggestion? He's... Or, uh, or if somebody guess. suggested it, that he's... Tom is... No? Oh? No, no, no. Uh, the guy who's done the box set is like, as, as mentioned... Either he's mentioned or someone's in, inferred from something he said that he's got five more artworks prepped. Right. So they, they've already said yeah. these are some of the ones we'd like to do next. Yeah. So um, we'll I commission you to I do the artwork. I can't remember the source for that. So I'm not sure if it was from him or from someone else inferring from his words. But the rumour are he's got, he's got five, five more artworks prepped. And I think the restoration team, again, I can't. I can't remember the source for this, have said that, that they can probably afford to do three or four of these a year. Oh, Christ. Okay. Um, but if they do, that'll probably start next year then, I imagine. Yeah. Like, this is a water testing period. Yeah. Uh, but from what I can tell, the sales have been very good. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, big, big pre-launch, big, big build-up yeah. to it. Um, good Doctor to pick for the launch of it. I would not be surprised if the next one we see is a Pertwee. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if the or, ones or that Hartnell season one—that's a lot of stories to contain. I would not be surprised if the earlier seasons get pushed towards the back of the range in case they find in case missings. they find missing yeah. episodes, especially because I, the rumor is that they've got a lead on at least two more. Yeah, um, yeah. and also because I think they'll be. It'll be interesting to see what they do with reconstructions and animations and such going forward. I think that's why they've not called it the complete collection. Yes, because technically it will never. It be will a never be complete. Because <laughs> even even if by some miracle we find a box with all the missing episodes of Doctor Who, 
um, that was sold to other countries, the Feast of Stephen won't be in there. Yeah. And we will never... And a very Merry Christmas to you at home. We will never get that wonderful moment. Um, That exists somewhere, though, doesn't it? No. It's the the only episode known to have been completely destroyed because it was never sold overseas. I've seen either that... No, I mean that the end. Oh, the clip. clip. I've seen Maybe. either that clip or a screen grab of it with audio somewhere because I I can picture it so vividly. He's in the foreground. So There's foreground, images of it, and he just sort of looks out and he tilts the glass at the camera, yeah. and it's like. There's images of it. So. Yeah. a very very They're kicking me off the show. And I bet in the gallery they're just like, <laughs> "Fuck's sake, Bill!" Was it said not to say that? Was it improvised? Apparently, the, the, the story goes that um, he was not supposed to say it and he did it against the producer's wishes oh wait oh, so, so, so it had been written down no 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 he, he, he just did it because he wanted to do you know what fair enough yeah fair enough he knew the show better than they it did it was what series 3 at that point yeah it was the middle of Dalek's master plan yeah so series 3 in the middle of death the, the viewers have, the viewers have supported and loved the show for 3 whole years there are loads of children watching and it's at the very end of the story mm. it happens mm. so it'll break their tiny minds and make them go oh, Doctor Who wish does happy Christmas yeah no do you know what Doctor Who wish me a happy Christmas if Wotan can freaking call him Doctor Who he can address the camera and say hi to the kids at home. Doctor Who Capaldi is Capaldi does it at the start of freaking listen and no one complains. Well, plenty of people complained. Yeah, but they did it as pre-credits, so it sort of works. It feels like a narrative decision wraparound thing. That works for me. I like listen. Uh, Mull on that. Um, <laughs> I have, you're wrong. This one... <laughs> you're from, wrong for liking it. This one comes in from George. Not Jorge. Jorge. And he says... The sluttiest of the cow feed. Greetings, boggling dream campers! Hope you're both well. I lied to you as I have just received my copy of Doctor Who Season 12 on Blu-ray. And oh, Robin! Can't wait to see the glorious Tom in all of his power. You right there? I would all... <laughs> also like to say your work has inspired me and my best mate to start talking about all the random shit we like in a podcast and our own content really yes, excited boys. to start and hope your boys would give us a shout out when we start it would be much appreciated absolutely if 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 you are out there when you've done um, an F yeah. or two let us know um, as with everybody if you're doing a podcast or yeah. anything if you've got a couple out there yeah Hit us up and we'll totally throw well, you a bomb. Once, once it's up and online and released, yeah. then we'll we'll give you a single. That is no awesome, problem. dudes. Um, do it, enjoy it. It's it's the most fun you can have with your clothes off on a microphone, so no one can see that your clothes are off. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but I'll go with it. I may or may um, not be rubbing Spider-Man Three <laughs> against uh, my not switching that copy again. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. No particular questions about Doctor Who this week. So save your reluctance for another day, boys. My reluctance has just given up at this point. Um, in honour of Sagan Akinola, in ennui. In ennui. Uh, no, it's not a Sunday. I don't have any ennui. Um, in honour of Sagan Akinola being announced as Doctor Who's new composer. Yeah. What is your favourite movie? Or to the soundtrack. Damn! At the moment, good. I can't stop listening to Baby Driver and Black Panther. Oh wait, is that the album or the soundtrack? Because that makes it difficult. You see, are you counting soundtrack? Black Panther is the same thing. 
Uh, uh, the Black Panther. Um, Baby Driver is the same thing. Yeah. All Edgar Wright movies, the score and the soundtrack are the same thing, basically. Um, <clears throat> if we're talking, like, strictly um, score, I think probably... Um, well, that's tough, actually. Mm. It is tough. Oh, God, that is... Oh, Christ it alive. It is tough, isn't it? I like Man of Steel's score. Actually. I really like Man of Steel's it's score. It's the only Man of Steel which thing is, I own. Which is a d- terrible shame because the movie doesn't live up to the score. Um, <clears throat> but I think Hans Zimmer's Superman theme is really good. It's pretty great. Oh, oh, all right. <clears throat> my favourite... Okay. My favourite score is... the Two 2000... Nails Chelsea. No. <laughs> my favourite score is the... T- that's a- that is a really good... See, if we were more to... topical, we could have done this I weeks ago. had to slip it in. And the joke. Um, if if it was down to my favourite score, it's probably the 2004 um, Thomas Newman score to Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events. Ooh! It's really good. Like, it's it's freaking gorgeous and atmospheric as sin. And because, because it goes through the first three books, the suites feel like completely different movies, but they also feel like part of the same whole. So you realise that those two, those, those 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 two deviations into book two and three in the film feel like their own thing, mm. and it's really, 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 really good. Uh, as for soundtrack, I mean, Baby Driver is great, but it was preceded <coughs> by Awesome Mix Volume One. That's, that's going to take some beating. However, Prince, the Batman album, yes, is so good. Yes, because it's just a Prince album that has the weird subtle influences of being attached to a Batman movie running through it also Bat Dance is on it <sighs> ooh yeah ooh yeah I, I want to bust your body I'd like to <laughs> Vicky Vale <laughs> I want to bust that body right um, I want to bust that body tonight <laughs> it's probably not one of the best because it's just full of cheesy crap but the soundtrack album that had the most formative effect on me as a young man was of course Transformers the movie um, because it's just so wonderfully cheesy like out there hair metal nonsense it's pretty including special. a terrible cringe inducing like hair metal version of the Transformers theme which the lyrics to which are the plot of the film yeah uh, and it also includes Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al Yankovic of course great. of course um, and two Stan Bush songs because Stan Bush oh, have you got man. the touch? I've got the power good sad to when, hell, when all hell's breaking loose I'll be right in the eye of the storm um, we need to movie night that we need to movie night that it's so good how does the Blu-ray um, version look? does it look good? it looks gorgeous yeah yeah um that's been a tradition. I'm gonna have to figure out a different Transformers thing to get you for your Christ- about, for Christmas or your birthday at the end of this year. What about scores? Um, I'm trying to think about scores. Um, John Williams' Superman score is pretty great, and not just because the central theme. The rest of the score is quite nice, but obviously has a standout central theme. Howard Shaw's Lord of the Rings scores are incredible, absolutely mm. incredible. Um, Frick, John Williams, um, Phantom Menace. 
Because you get all the classic Star Wars mm. sweet flavour, but then you get the stuff that's very much unique to that film. I would take The Empire Strikes Back over Phantom Menace any day. We're talking strictly scores, people. If it was in any other context, I would completely agree. Because you've got Imperial March, and you've got the asteroid field, and you've got the Hanalea theme. It's 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 when the series really hits proper space opera stride, and it's because of that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, okay. Also, any of John Carpenter's scores. Yes. Oh fuck yeah! But then again, Jewel of the Fates, man, for Phantom, mm. it's pretty damn powerful. Christopher Young's score for Hellraiser is <laughs> yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it Christ. is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, Philip Glass's score for Candyman as well. Really? Yeah. I've watched like years. Oh, so good. Um, so so good. Um, <laughs> the soundtrack album to UHF. We got it all on UHF. And in honor of Tag hitting cinemas this week, what are the best and worst films based on true stories? Thank you, as always, you big damn lads. I look forward to hearing your answers. See you next week. Yeah, do you know about Tag? Uh, yeah, guys playing a lifelong game of tag. Yeah, um, with Jeremy Renner and Ed Helms, John Ham. <sighs> um, oh, gold. Uh, oh, film based on life stories. Uh, Thirty second, thirty minutes or less is garbage. Yeah, because way, it's based on a heinous real life thing. It's, yeah, it takes a fucking awful crime murder basically mm-hmm. and turns it into a fucking rom-com yeah it's it's crass tasteless very poorly judged and it's not even a good film no that's very true in terms of best movies based on a true story and again as based on a true story as any film yeah because so many so many is, movies based on true stories are freaking ghost stories of supernatural uh, things the social so. network you know, I'm not count it because it is based on real life events. Yeah, it, it's, it just obviously dramatizes them, yeah. and it's a great movie. It's Social Network is. It should not fantastic. be remotely interesting, <clears throat> but, but it's, it's great. It's fucking gripping. Um, the Conjuring Two is a frustrating <clears throat> one because I think as a as a small ghost small <clears throat> ghost movie, it's pretty good. As a sequel, it's annoying because it tries to build a universe. And as British and people into weird stuff, the Enfield hauntings are always going to have a sort of yeah special. But, but the pla- problem place with that us. is it's fascinating to watch because you really like the characters of uh, oh god, what are they called now? The two, uh, what the bleeding hell they called the couple from the Conjuring? Oh, the, um, the Warrens. The Warrens. The Warrens yeah. are fascinating, and the way that they're played by those two actors is wonderful, wonderful to watch. But they are not involved in that real event as much as they are in the movie the movie turns them into the main characters of this story and Mm -hmm. it's really weird and it sort of removes the horror of of Bill Wilkins a bit by suggesting Bill Wilkins was being forced to do what he was doing by another entity that had something to do with the Warrens and it's like that sucks so I find that I, I find that a compelling based on a true story movie because it's so annoyingly inaccurate did you but it's also based on something that probably didn't even happen really did you see the sky so, the oh and sky, the founder's the, really good as well did you see oh the founder of course really good. Um, did you see the sky adaptate the, the sky the miniseries Tim, the Tim Spall Enfield Haunting thing 
Uh, I saw the first episode. Yeah, I really liked it's it. Pretty good. Yeah, and it's because he played uh, Morris Wasser's face. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. He Morris really Gross. Gross. And it's it's also it's good because it doesn't um, it doesn't shy away from the likelihood that this was all fake and Morris wanting to believe it, mm. and it it also it keeps focuses, it morally grey whilst also yeah. keeping it scary because as, also, as a story it also focuses on the way that it sort of affects his personal life mm. and his relationship with his wife and how is in how inve- he gets invested beyond what he should how, yeah. how much he should and he takes more of a how it becomes a personal crusade for him almost yeah despite the the evidence to the contrary of it being of it being real and also um what Matthew go- McFadden's in it and he's great a ghost, a ghost watch technically fits into that then, because ghost watch uses the Enfield haunting as as its sort of definitely skeleton definitely. for the story. Um, definitely inspired by. I think uh, again, it's very rose tinted glasses, but it's also it also not as much as we thought it was going to be. Saving Mr. Banks, yes, is a really nice movie I that doesn't Mr. shy Banks. away from the fact that it was not a healthy. Uh, work work uh, relationship between P.L. Travers and the Disney uh, lot trying to adapt Although film, it, it does, but it, it does very much rose tint it. But the best stuff is is the flashback stuff yeah. with her, her uh, as a kid and her father. That stuff is brilliant it, and is very much based on what we know of her, her life. It does unfortunately sweep P.L. Travers's sexuality under the rug. Yeah, I um, mean to be fair, it's not a part of that story, but no. similarly, yeah. it would have been. It was a big part of who she was, yeah. and it would have been very refreshing for them, that company, to release a story with that lead character in that time period yeah. because you don't really get that. So yeah, yeah. Um, but the oh, B.J. Novak and uh, oh god, who is it? Plays the show. Um, uh, he's, in, he's in all the um, oh. he's in all the Wes Anderson movies. Oh god, Charlie something. Jason. Jason something. Billy Jason Hay something. Fucking. Schwartz? Yes, Jason Schwartz. Yeah. They're really good as the Shermans. Yeah. And Tom Hanks is freaking great as Disney. And I like the fact that they even managed to sneak in, as much as obviously the company would allow them, a reference to the fact that he was a heavy smoker yeah. and that was what would eventually kill him. Yeah. Because um, when you first meet him, he's putting a cigarette out really quickly in his office trying to make sure no one sees it. And it's like, good, you didn't shy away from it. Yeah. Well done. It's still it's, because it was a big fucking part of his life at that point, and it was the thing that ended his life. It's, so it, maybe it's still idealized, it. but yeah, it's, it's, it's rougher idealized, than you'd but... expect it to be, which is nice. Um, yeah. What about too? I was chuck one more. In. What about a film that isn't necessarily based on a true story, but uses something that was real, like like Ghost, like like Ghost um, Watch did, uses something that was real to as, as like a springboard into a story. It doesn't count. You can't have it. You can't have that. <laughs> Like Spinal Tap, for example, would fall under uh, that. Like, like it's very much what, what, like that era. Let's, and... let's entertain it. Alright. Spinal Tap. This is Spinal <laughs> Tap. This is Spinal Tap is a good one. Uh, Rockstar. Rockstar. The, the Mark Wahlberg movie where he becomes the the singer of a, of a band that he's a, a mad fan of. It's basically a fictionalized retelling of the story of what was his name? Um... Owens something uh, Tim Ripper Owens who became the lead sing who was a, uh, the lead singer of a Judas Priest tribute band who became the lead singer of tribute of, of, of Judas, Judas Priest, Priest yeah. after the departure of Rob Halford 
Jeez. It's basically a. That's wonderfully weird. A. Um, but again, they use that as a like fictionalized retelling of that. Down to the, down to the um, the lead singer of the of the of the band. I think they call it. I think Steel Dragon or something like that. Mm. Is um, like a closeted homosexual and wears a wig and is balding and stuff like that and portrayed rather unfairly, especially in, in comparison to the way mm. Rob Halford actually is. Um, but yeah, it's it's that kind of. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of music films that kind of do that whole using elements of real life to tell. Yeah. It's still crazy. It's very much like yeah. that. It's the crazy. Um, That's a pretty great film. Um, uh, uh, oh, Frank. Frank doesn't really have anything to do with Frank Sidebottom in terms of the character, but the essence of Chris Seavey's creation is yeah. in there, and he was involved in the development of this film very early on in its process where it was going to be a film mm. not necessarily like about Frank Sidebottom but he was going to play Frank in it yeah. and it was it, it, it's not too dissimilar apparently from the film we get um, which I think almost works better with respect to obviously Chris Evie and, and his and Frank's legacy um, I think it works better because of how it is do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the fact that it's fast benders of like it works better, and that version of the story. And obviously, it's not it's not an entertainer playing a character in that film. There's something much kind of sadder and a bit tragic in there. And the fact that he's not the main character makes it work even better. And Domhnall Gleeson's our main character, and it's you know, yeah, Frank's really good. Um, <laughs> I don't want to watch it again now. Uh, God damn. Well, God damn. You should probably go to bed. Right now. I'll drive home first. Right. Oh, do you have to, though? I'm going to fall asleep behind the wheel. Well, look at my car. Luckily, you're only like five minutes away. So it'll be a slow death up a uh, steep street. I'm going down in a blaze of glory. I'm not saying you should have a slow death, but I'm just saying if you're going to have a death, at least like have a death where you could sort of pick up shopping on the way home and, yeah. Well, I never drew blood, but I drew first blood, and I'm no one's son. Call me your girl. I mean, like you know, as you're dying, you get your phone out and like call your next kid and go. I get my phone I'm, out. I'm, I'm dying, and I can get in touch with the podcast. I'm gonna be dead in like a minute. With at Big Damn Cast on Twitter or Big Damn Contact at Gmail dot com, and I can head over to YouTube and get on and subscribe to the Big Damn channel and I can also look up the Big Damn cast on iTunes and other podcast places and I can also subscribe to Big Damn stream on Twitch.tv for regular streams and live shows and then I will expire you gonna fit all that in and the last thing I see is my heart still beating breaking out of my body and flying away like a bat out of here